Remember when Bloomberg was supposed to be like the sophisticated cosmopolitan savior of the Democrat Party for his reasonable and responsible views? Well, now he's making quite an ass of himself as of late. Turns out when he's not belittling farmers or factory workers, well, he's either embarrassing himself in stupid musical productions with anthropomorphic crabs on Broadway, playing Mary Poppins, or being accused of telling women to kill their unborn babies. Plus, I mean, the Daytona 500, what's not to like about the Daytona 500 race? It's the biggest NASCAR race of the year. Crowds are cheering. The engines are revving. The sun is shining. Uh, well, that is until the, the rain delays. I mean, it should be a time when everyone in this country, left and right, comes together for a big American hug, all made better by the historic appearance of the United States president in a completely nonpartisan capacity. But the, uh, the sniveling liberals ruined that moment by making a stink over it. Uh, uh, did he say, is that start your engines, he said? Uh, pig, I curse the day that he was born. Just he think he is telling the drivers to turn on their, 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 their cars. So course. I mean, that's exactly why they're doomed in 2020. Uh, just check the ratings. And then finally, Zuck the Cuck groveling at government's feet. Oh, please tell me how to run my company. We want to make as much money as possible. But we also want to appease the libs who say we must silence conservatives. So you choose the way, oh mighty government. Uh, no, sorry, bro. You built it. You find a way to protect our speech, you cowardly tyrant. I'm John Miller, and this is the White House Brief. It begins now. So does the left realize that these kinds of anti-American shenanigans like uh, championing uh, an authoritarian like Bloomberg are hurting them, not helping them? Obviously not, obviously not, because they continue to do them. Let me quickly tell you about our sponsor, Keeps, because losing your hair sucks, right? You know what doesn't suck? Keeping your hair without leaving your couch. If you're losing your hair, you got to know about Keeps. Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. That's the real deal, and the generic versions save you a fortune. It's simple. Just answer a few questions online, snap a few pics of your hair, and a doctor will review everything and recommend the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for you. Then it is shipped discreetly to your door. Now, you're probably wondering, well, is it going to work for me? Well, a whopping 66% of men experience hair regrowth thanks to Keeps. Losing your hair sucks, so let's do something about it. Here's the deal I got you. Go to keeps.com slash today to get your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment for 50% off. Yep, that is half off at keeps.com slash today. That is keeps.com slash today. So Mayor Mini Mike Bloomberg, he is the, he's the respectable, formidable moderate of the Democrat Party. But uh, Bloomberg's had an extraordinarily bizarre series of campaign ads that have you, have you scratching your head wondering, uh, was that a joke, a parody, or is this even coming from his real campaign? That has been worsened after a series of videos resurfaced and racist, sexist, bigoted quotes championing abortion from the mayor 
are now available to the public. So are we really so sure about this whole sane, moderate thing? Yes, of course we are. BuzzFeed says, as of late today, they are insisting that his campaign is important because it is a validator for more moderate Democrats looking for a stable home in a tumultuous primary. And uh, apparently that stable home is this. Down here we got snapping turtles. Up there we got big fat bugs. Down here the whales making trouble. Up there A-Rod's taking drugs. New Yorkers the bravest people. The cops on the beat they care. It's true firefighters, teachers. We got heroes everywhere. Can't keep a beat. Can't keep a tune. I mean, what a great representation of New York. New York, I mean, they've got nothing but bedbugs, and the icon in the state of New York, A-Rod, ah, well, no, he's actually not that great. He's nothing but a drug addict. That's according to the city's mayor? Oh, I bet New Yorkers love their mayor talking trash about the city like that. I, I mean, what a stand-up guy. But his musical stunts, very sadly for our eyes and ears, didn't stop there. I'll tell you where I'm going. Iowa, then New Hampshire. Maybe I can get the whole country to behave. Yeah. I'll tell you where I'm going. I'll tell you, just you watch. Oh man, he, I mean, he's just like Mary Poppins. <laughs> Fooled me. And that's what everyone wants in a president, by the way. A man who plays a prissy maid on stage. Now, when he's not playing dress up, he's having his campaign create cringe ads like this. Lie, 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 unfair, lie, lie, lie. What is that? What is that? What was that? I mean, is that a spoof? No, it wasn't a spoof because it came from his official Mike 2020 account on Twitter. And another thing that came from the official Mike Bloomberg campaign account on Twitter that had everyone scratching their heads yet again was this tweet. It says, spot the meatball that looks like Mike. Uh, do you guys see it? Take a minute to find Mike's face embedded on one of these meatballs. Because if you look carefully, you can in fact see Mike Bloomberg's face embedded on one of those meatballs. I mean, is that not the creepiest thing you've ever seen? Like, I mean, what? who was managing his campaign when they said, oh, it's going to be a good idea to put that up? Really? He's even been paying Instagram influencers to post bizarre sponsored content for him, like this conversation that says, hello, juice boys. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Got, got to do it in the Mary Poppins voice, because that's, that's the mayor of New York. Hello, juice boys. Can you post an original meme to make me look cool for the upcoming Democratic primary? Uh, I don't think so. To be honest, your vibe is kind of off. I put Lamborghini doors on the Escalade. What? I mean, seriously, what? Uh, apparently he's channeling the rapper, the game. 
you know, he's got the 2004 swagger going for him, you know, while he's while his hydraulic rims be spinning, right? 2004, bruh. I mean, there's a lot of chatter about his bizarre media campaign, but is any of that actually uh, people seriously discussing the merits of a Bloomberg presidency? Because it's not serious at all. At most, his campaign so far looks like that of, of some sort of ridiculous disruptor who doesn't even take himself seriously. An attention hog with nothing substantive to contribute. But it's not just for the, for the lulls, right? It actually gets darker and more serious than this dumb buffoonery. A report surfaced that features a former employee who says he heard one of the most notorious accusations against Bloomberg himself that the former mayor once told a pregnant subordinate to kill her unborn child. Of course, Bloomberg denied saying any of it. But in fact, in the 90s, employees at Bloomberg LP, it wasn't just that one. They gave their boss a booklet containing quotes attributed to him over the years. The book was called The Portable Bloomberg, The Wit and Wisdom of Michael Bloomberg. And in it, he allegedly referred to a competitor as a cokehead womanizing, this is a quote from him, fag. Weird. Oh, uh, um, a womanizing fag. That's, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one before because I thought anytime someone uses that word, it was exclusively reserved for homosexuals. And no one actually meant, you know, we didn't mean wuss when anyone said it. No, we meant homosexuals. And speaking of homosexuals, he also allegedly said, I will do everything, including give you a blowjob. I guess that puts a lot of you girls out of business. Now, off-color commentary and off-color comments in the workplace are one thing, but there have been accusations of sexual harassment at the office, and he has been questioned about a number of lawsuits filed against him regarding those accusations. And how exactly does he plan to win over middle America when here's what he thinks about farmers? It's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. Yeah, but farming is for a bunch of dummies. But to work in the information age, you know, the age of smart people, well, you actually have to be genius, like Bloomberg. You have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. Gotta have bigger brains. No, it's clear he despises his subjects from the way he talks about uh, New Yorkers to the way he talks about Americans. And in fact, he talked about minorities in trashy ways. Remember, throw them up against the wall. They're all the same anyway. Just take a Xerox of them. I mean, we're dealing with a rich man with a Napoleon complex who hates America. You know, a lot of people love to compare him to Trump. No, therein lies the difference between him and Trump. Trump embraces the common man while Bloomberg sneers at him. And when Bloomberg does so, well, no, the media, of course, they hold him up as a hero. Whereas when Trump embraces everyday Americans, he's criticized all over the place, left and right in the media. And we'll look at that exact scenario playing out when Trump decided to pay a visit to oh, the NASCAR Daytona 500 race. That's next. Gentlemen, start your engines. And shortly after that, they were off. But not before Trump hopped into the beast, his presidential vehicle, to do a lap. This, of course, 
This, of course, was infuriating to many on the left. He is the first president to take a lap in the armored limo. How dare he? Well, no, in fact, he led the pack of 40 racers, and it wasn't shameful. It actually marked a historic moment in American history. Because while he is the only president to do that in history, you know, he is the second sitting president to attend the 500. After W, who went in 2004, in 1984, Ronald Reagan became the first president to attend a NASCAR race at the Firecracker 400. George H.W. Bush visited Daytona, but not during this race. And then, you know, President Slick Willie went to the Southern 500 NASCAR race, but not the Daytona 500. So, yes, President Trump's visit is extremely important to Americans, despite what the smart set in New York and D.C. along the Acela Corridor might say. In fact, the reality is Daytona averages more than 23 times the viewers of CNN's Brian Stelter at their highest point. Brian Stelter, of course, is the dumpy chicken little wannabe that comes on the weekend of CNN and pretends to be the arbiter of all truth. But he was not the only one. In fact, the entire smart set was furious, speaking of hideous bags of lard that go on CNN's air, when CNN political analyst and Washington Compost reporter Joshua Dossie saw that Trump was planning to take a lap at the Daytona International Speedway in The Beast, he had a very astute observation. OMG. Dossie wrote. Now, there's nothing incredibly shocking about this. A good president meets the people where they are. It's only shocking to them because they aren't used to a president who actually loves America and the people in it. Imagine that. They only care about the snobs being chauffeured to and from the CNN studio to the Washington Post, right? Their headquarters. And what they think, that's all they care about. That's all they're out for. And they only think that the people who get to vote in elections, they think those people are meaningless. They feign, however, care for the average hardworking American when they lament the amount this extravagant display will cost taxpayers. Kelly O'Donnell, a White House reporter for Peacock News, pretended to bewail that the burden of this extravagant display of patriotism would fall into the hands of taxpayers. This, she says, was an official White House event, therefore paid by taxpayers as Donald Trump and the First Lady attended Daytona today and the Beast Limo ran a pace car lap around the track. Really, since when have you cared about the taxpayer? I mean, I'm, I'm personally not familiar with your work because I have better things to do than find out what Katie O'Donnell's or whatever her name is, latest hot take is. Uh, but my guess is you're not spending your time as a journalist being a vigilant budget hawk. Well, that is unless it fills your political narrative. Oh, no, no, no. Of course. Of course we know you don't have one. <laughs> Silly me. Silly me. You're an objective reporter, right? 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 Yeah, sure. The New York Times bomb Haggy Maberman also appeared to be offended that taxpayer dollars were being used for what she called a political event. Using the official apparatus of government for what appears to be a political event, she screeched. Because in their mind, you would have to be a Republican to enjoy something as, as, as crude who uh, they're car racing. Well, it wasn't a political event unless you look down on the millions and millions of people who tune into NASCAR as red state hicks who don't deserve the president's time of day. NASCAR is tuned into by millions and millions of people. It's the number one or number two sport watched on television. And the president didn't say anything political. Now, I thought you guys, you conservatives, wanted political messages out 
of sports. Well, what political message did the president attempt to spread? Can you find me one? Start your engines. Really, that's a political message? Can you exactly tell me what's political about Trump saying for 500 part pounding miles, these fierce competitors will chase the checkered flag and make their play for pure American glory? And that's what it is, pure American glory? Yes, so political. No, actors in Hollywood ought to take a page out of the president's book because they, despite knowing far less about politics, if anything about politics, are more prone to making political statements at events like these than the actual president of the United States is. You know, of course it's not political when Brad Pitt uses his Oscar speech to slam Republicans in the Senate for denying a chance for Bolton to sell his book. That's not political. It's not political when Crappernick kneels for the flag. No, it's only political when the president talks about American glory at one of the most watched sporting events of the year. Number one or number two most watched sporting events of the year. And they say it's political because uh, he looks to win over NASCAR fans. That's according to ABC News. Or he simply does not hate America. Maybe that's it. Maybe he doesn't hate the country like past presidents, especially Obama did. Ever think about that? Others got on his case because apparently he went the wrong way on the tracks. Went the wrong way. We would know he went the wrong way as journalists. You know, Secret Service didn't do an advance or anything or plan his route ahead of time and staged the thing meticulously at every step of the way. No, they didn't do that. That wouldn't be their jobs. Nope. The president's just so stupid that he, uh, as the passenger, simply didn't know which way to tell the driver to go. Columnist at the Gazette, Adam Sullivan, asked, I'm no race car expert, but isn't he going the wrong way? Sarah Reese Jones at, Poli uh, at Politicus the name USA said Trump had no public events listed on the presidential schedule for Sunday. The reason why no other president has taken a lap in the presidential limo at Daytona before is that it is illegal. Donald Trump didn't make history on Sunday. He broke another law. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating lady. I'm riveted. And that nevertheless, this question was echoed by a number of users on Twitter. Cora, the explorer, not to be confused with Dora the Explorer, said, ha, 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 Trump is going the wrong way around that track. What an incredible metaphor for his presidency. Yeah, again, I'm sure it was just a big oopsie. They made a wrong turn. You know, they did that and Secret Service was just like, oh, crap. Oh, we were supposed to make a left turn. Whoopsie daisies. I guess we'll, we'll just have all the cars follow us. All those cars, I guess we're just going to have them follow us in perfect formation for our dumb mistake. Really, that's what you think happened? No, get a grip. This is exactly why liberals will lose again in 2020 because they are just so out of touch. They never got in touch. They are still fuming that Hillary did not win, and therefore, they are unable to get themselves to do an actual taxonomy of the American people and come up with actual messages that appeal to them. All they can do is spit on the parts of this country that watch NASCAR. Oh, this race car driving that they're watching. Oh, I bet, I bet these people sneeze into their shoulders and, and wipe their noses with their sleeves. They're such barbarians. Let's see if they're as quick to dismiss these voters once they get their asses creamed again in 2020.
It is your duty as a Republican voter to actually make sure that happens, though, because we cannot get complicit. We cannot get comfortable. Make sure you get to the polls in whatever state you are in, because they have really just set this one up for us so nicely. And they've set themselves up for failure by dismissing so many Americans when they could have spent the last four years trying to understand what was frustrating them so much. Your internet freedom is in more danger than you may realize. And if we're not careful, it will be the end of free expression in this country as we know it. Mark Zuckerberg, oh, he's groveling at the government's feet. He is begging the government to make all the rules on who can say what on the internet. Well, how about we stick to this real simple rule? Hmm? Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. But at a security conference in Munich, Zuckerberg said there should be more guidance and regulation from the states on basically what discourse should be allowed or on the balance of free expression and some things that people call harmful expression. Where do you draw the line? Uh, well, the Constitution, i.e. the First Amendment, made that pretty clear. And the Constitution constitutes the supreme law of the land and thus takes priority over state laws. Check the supremacy clause. If you want government to make the decision for you and give guidance on what kind of speech should be allowed, buddy, I got news for you. You and your little terms of service are going to have to allow anyone and everyone to say whatever they want on your site as per the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and in that Bill of Rights, the First Amendment. Here is a, uh, here, here's a guy who started a website for funsies in college, is, and he's now in a position where he is asking the government not to just regulate speech for his company, but the entire internet, because that's how the government works. They won't just say, here, Mr. Zuckerberg, since you don't want to take responsibility for setting the rules at your own company, we have, we have drawn up some rules for you and Facebook. Well, that's not exactly how it works. And do you really think that if the government were to throw the First Amendment out the window, do you really think that the government regulators, the rules that they're going to come up with are going to be favorable to you? Fat chance. If Congress really cared about preserving the spirit of this nation, well, then they would be working to pass laws that maximize freedom for everyone. And really, they don't even have to pass any laws. All they have to do is abide by the Constitution. These tech companies have to be dealt with. This is why I'm a fan of Senator Josh Hawley's work, because he wants to use rules we already have in place to force tech companies to actually respect the rights of all Americans, not just the ones Silicon Valley agrees with. Silicon Valley has gotten completely out of control. I mean, they're banning accounts from YouTube simply because they disagree with the views expressed on them. Well, you know what? Uh, to say the least, I disagree with a lot of views expressed on YouTube. I mean, have you seen that channel, uh, Queer Kids Stuff? Uh, that's fine and dandy with YouTube. But uh, people like Laura Loomer and Alex Jones and Owen Benjamin and Gavin McInnes and now Nick Fuentes are simply too objectionable to keep. Well, guess what? Doesn't really count as free speech, right? If you have to explain how much you hate the person before defending their right to free speech. The idea of free speech is that it applies to everyone and anyone. And whether you like them or their point of view is completely irrelevant. Defending only the views with which you agree as free speech would completely dis de defeat the purpose. 
I mean, we must be vocal in demanding that these are laws that protect our freedoms as Americans to express ourselves. that, That is the fundamental essence to the health of our nation. It is what separates us from places like England and Canada. I mean, sure, sure they're, they're Western nations, right? They're highly developed first world countries, but they're different because they gave up their freedoms a long time ago. Just try speaking freely in any of those places. They will literally put you in jail. We cannot have that happen here, but that's exactly what will happen if we decide that free speech does not extend to the web. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it. And if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.